0: arrived last night, 11 o'clock at night, 1108 Sacramento Airport. Flew back via, the, via Dallas, Texas, originally from Kansas City. Yesterday, I, I, I participated, I preached, I spoke at an event that marked me. I was at Arrowhead Stadium yesterday where the Kansas City Chiefs play. And from all over America gathered thousands, and I mean thousands, they, they registered 55,000 young people. Uh, that, that, that's crazy. They gathered from all across, they traveled from all across America to Kansas City, and they came for one reason. These are primarily uh, Generation Z. So it's, they were, average age was about 18, 19 years old, and they traveled. I mean, that's crazy. All they wanted was to gather in one place and receive an anointing, because that generation is so crazy, they actually believe they will fulfill the Great Commission in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Hey, folks, that should prompt you to give God praise. Don't drink the Kool-Aid out there. The glory of God is about to show up in America like we've never seen it before. There is a generation rising up, hungry for the presence of God, committed to lifting up the name of Jesus. So excited, amazing. What an amazing time just to be around friends and other great speakers and just leaders in the kingdom. A powerful gathering indeed. The glory of God's about to show up. No joke. Like we've never seen it before. We're about to see God do marvelous things. There's a message that is completely in alignment with the "Show Me Your Glory" series. First of all, everybody say, "Show Me Your Glory." Me your glory. That's your prayer. That's my prayer. That's Exodus 33:18, the prayer of Moses. But we're asking God once again to show us His glory. One more time. Say, "Show Me Your Glory." Show Me Your Glory. Me your glory. There is a biblical narrative that that really needs to be a movie. And I'm going to illustrate this now. You're going to create some space for me. It's going to take two weeks, part one and part two. But you don't want to miss this. We'll begin today. We're going to create the foundation today. The title of the message is Respect the Glory. Respect the Glory. The subtext is you're in my space. Touch your neighbor and tell him you're in my space. Tell your other neighbor the one that's literally in your space. (laughs) You're in my space. You may be seated. Let me make it legal. First Samuel chapter 5. If you're here for the first time or if you're here for the last couple of months, there are phrases that are germane to the new season lexicon. One of them is let's make it legal. Let's make it legal is a phrase we use. Uh, let's go to the word of God. It's not legal unless it's in the word. Here it is. Let's make it legal. First Samuel chapter 5. Here's the story. The Philistines captured the ark of God. They took it from the battleground at Ebenezer to the town of Ashdod. They carried the Ark of God into the temple of Dagon. Somebody say Dagon. Dagon. And they placed it beside an idol, a statue, a big statue of Dagon. When the citizens of Ashdod went to see it the next morning, Dagon had fallen with his face to the ground in front of the Ark of the Lord. you got to visualize this. We're going to show you this. So they took Dagon and they put him in his place again. But the next morning... The same thing happened. Dagon had fallen face down before the ark of the Lord. But this time, somebody say this time. Oh, this time the outcome was different. This time his head and hands had broken off and were lying in the doorway. Only the trunk of his body was left intact. Respect the glory. Respect the glory, baby. You're in my space. When the prophetic stands next to the pathetic, the prophetic always wins. Respect the glory. Number one, you are what you tolerate. Repeat after me you are what you tolerate. Preach to yourself. Have you ever preached to yourself? Have you ever spoken to yourself? You got to learn how to speak to yourself, got to learn how to pray over yourself, got to learn how to prophesy over yourself, you got to learn how to praise all by yourself. So just preach to yourself and just tell yourself, I am what I tolerate. You are what you tolerate. I am what I tolerate. Do not permit anything or anyone to capture the glory in your life. Now, let me break this down a little bit of teaching. In the Old Testament, the ark of God, God's treasure chest, represented God's presence, power, and promise. The ark of God facilitated the glory of God. The glory of God is the manifest presence of God. So whatever heaven touched, the rod of Aaron, manna, the commandments, these items are described as glorious. So if I had a box here, the glory of God, the presence of God, would only be made manifest wherever the ark of God was present. So God would say, wherever this box, this treasure chest is present, I'm going to show up. It was the most sacred thing on the planet. It was literally a box With the most sacred, glorious elements, things that God interacted with physically. So God supernaturally, boom, the rod of Aaron had power, boom. Manna, literally God's menu. What he created, what he sent out, what he provided for his children when they were in the desert. The Ten Commandments. Moses on the mountain. The Ten Commandments. And the finger of God, the Ten Commandments was wild because the finger of God. So it's very powerful. It was what God interacted with in this sacred treasure chest. The Philistines, watch this. The Philistines came against the Israelites. The Philistines said, our army is ginormous. The Israelites have an army this big. This is easy. So the Philistines declared war on the Israelites. The moment war was declared, the Israelites would do this. We have a small army. We're not the biggest country in the world. These guys are ginormous, but we have a secret weapon. Take, take out the presence of God. So they would come out with the ark of God. And anytime time the ark of God would lead the way, the bad guys would lose. I wish we would learn the same secret. That every time we are driven by the presence of God, the bad guys will lose, right? So, so they, the, the Philistines said, wait, 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 stop. Let's do it again. We have 100,000 troops. They have 10,000 troops. We're going to invade them in the middle of the night. Go. And they attack them. Once again, the Israelites heard the noise and they would say, They're coming after us. What do we have? We have the glory. Let's bring out the glory. And guess what happened again? The Philistines lost the battle. The Philistines get together and they go, like every single time we come against these guys, they have that thing. That thing. That thing thing-ding thing thing. thing. That mmm. And every time that mmm shows up, we hmm. We could have a million troops. They could have 10 troops, but 10 troops with the glory of God is more powerful than a zillion opponents against the glory of God. Is anyone here aware of the fact that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world? Has anyone, can anyone here bear witness that you have been in the most precarious of circumstances? Everything came against you, but it was just you and God, and that's all you needed to overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And the word of your testimony. So the Philistines came to this crazy conclusion. Stop. Let's meet. Strategic meeting. What do we do? What do we do? We can't defeat them. We want to defeat them. We hate them. Can't stand them. We, we want to defeat them. What do, do? what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Got it. If we can't defeat them because of that. Mm, let's capture the. Mm. So let's go for the Ark of the Covenant. That glory presence box. That God's treasure chest thing. Let's capture it. So they did. They literally captured and they believed they took the power of God captive. How many know here that that they discovered in the temple, you can't incarcerate the glory? You missed that. You can't imprison the power of God. For the Lord our God is our son and our shield. He gives us grace and Glory, Psalm 8411. I, I want you to put this in perspective. Romans 8:30 says this through the vicarious atoning work of Jesus, we are carriers of the glory. Having chosen them, he called them to come to him. Having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. Talking about Jesus to us, Romans 8:30. You missed it. You don't carry generational curses. Touch yourself right here. You don't get, stop that. Stop talking about the fact that your grandparents and those before you and your family, that they have been 20 generations of alcoholism, 30 generations of sexual promiscuity, 40 generations of diabetes, change your language. The moment moment you became born, the moment you accepted Jesus, every generational curse, you're not getting that. There is no generational curse on your family. There is no bondage on your family. Your family does have a generational thing. It's a generational blessing. Somebody prays like you know. (laughs) Do you know what you carry? You carry glory. I don't know if you understand that. You are a glory carrier. Your neighbor, the person next to you, literally carries the glory of God. That, That right there is powerful. You, you, do you understand that you have a, a celebrity next to you? Forget about anybody. It's not... Huh. All right, you're not Johnny Depp or Amber Heard. That's not the point right now. But you carry glory. You carry the glory of God. This is why, this is why the prince of darkness hates your guts. The devil hates you because you carry Glory. He doesn't hate you because of the color of your skin. The great thief doesn't care if you're a Republican, a Democrat, or an Independent. He hates you because you carry the glory. You carry glory. It's not about what you did. This is for someone here. It's about what you're about to do. The the enemy is not threatened by your past. He's threatened by your future. He he is attacking you not because he's attacking you not because of the wrong things you did in your past. The enemy is coming after you because of the amazing things you're about to do in the future. So you can say, but Pastor Sam, what, what does that mean now? The Philistines believe right now they can capture the glory. They are attempting to capture the glory. There is this idea that that the spiritual principalities and powers of darkness are capturing glory. There's four words for you. Watch God show up. Pastor Sam, we're coming out of a global pandemic. Watch God show up. Pastor Sam, the country's more divided than ever before. Pastor Sam, there are food shortages, even baby formula. Oh, no. Pastor Sam, there's a war in Ukraine. Russia's threatening Poland. China's threatening Taiwan. Pastor Sam, personally speaking, Pastor Sam, my marriage is falling apart. My children are rebellious. The medical report came in. They're about to fire me. Does anybody here really believe God's about to show up? Yeah. Somebody prays like you actually believe it in worship. Lift up your hands. How many believe that in your family, the next thing that's about to happen is God is about to show up. Somebody say, watch God show up. How do you know God's about to show up? Because of Luke chapter 1 verse 37. It says, the word of God never. And when Luke wrote this, Dr. Luke filled the Holy Spirit. Do you realize the New Testament was not written yet? You missed it. He said, "The word of God will never fail." What word was he referencing? John one one. In the beginning was the, and the word was with, and the word was, and the word became flesh, and He dwelt among men. Jesus never fails, and all the promises from the Old Testament, New Testament that Jesus laid out for us. Second Corinthians one: the word of God never fails. Watch God show up. Watch God show up. Watch God show up. The Philistines. Raise your hand. Can I just declare this prophetically? You're about to see God. Matter of fact, let me just declare it. I know some of you may receive it. Those that receive it will see it. Those that receive it will see it. The next thing to fill your family will not be more drama. The next thing to fill your family will be the glory of God. The next thing to capture your mind will not be more negative thoughts. The next thing to capture your mind will be the glory of God. Can we do this? The next thing to invade your atmosphere will not be demons, legions, principalities, devils, sins, or powers of darkness. The next thing to invade your atmosphere will be the holy, righteous, powerful transformative, life-changing, destiny catapulting, ministry elevating, harvest-producing, joy-revealing, glory of the living God. If you believe it, now give God your best praise. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea, Habakkuk 2.14. This is the glory that yields an unprecedented harvest. It is the glory. So Jesus said, I have given them the glory you gave me. Jesus said this, I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. You missed it. The glory of God brings people together. Be careful. Don't ask God to show you His glory and give you His glory if you don't want to hang around people that are different from you. I'm going to double down on this because it's John 17, 22. I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I'm, I'm telling you, this is the devil's worst nightmare. The moment we worship together, the moment every different ethnicity worships together, the moment every race worships together, look around you. The moment we, we're going to see more of this around the world. We're going to see more around this. Listen, I, I know I could get banned on Facebook for saying this, but but the, if we live in a community where there's diversity and you go to a church that's only monochromatic, monochromatic is just a fancy word for one skin color. If you go to a church, and I, I know I'm going controversial, but I don't give a holy hood anymore. If you live in a diverse community and you just want to worship that, you want to worship with people that look like you, you're never going to see the fullness of God's glory. I'm not going to apologize for the fact that when we worship together, when white and black and Latino and Asian and Native Americans worship together, every devil has to run out. Every demon has to flee. Because Jesus said, let them be one. Is there anyone here ready to see the glory of God show up? The power of divine diversity. It is so amazing, and it's not just skin color, it's it's PhD with GED. Some people just want to worship with people of your same academic, rigor, educational level. Some people just want to see if you don't make this amount of money, I don't want to worship with you. No, we have diversity. We have people that drive a Prius and people that drive a Maserati. We have people that drive a bicycle and people that own three Triumphs and a Harley. We have people coming together. Why? Because we are about to occupy more territory than ever before in the name of Jesus. And a multiracial, a multi-ethnic church is the devil's worst nightmare. And the glory of God brings people together, not just ethnic-wise, race-wise, but even generations. Can you raise your hand? I'm going to prophesy something crazy here. Even from our family. What if I tell you in Jesus' name that we get this right, we're going to see generations in your family worshiping together. Oh, you missed that. Pastor Sam, but you don't have, no, 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 no. watch, generational, baby. You're going to see you with your children. With your grandchildren and with your great-grandchildren. You're going to see at least four generations. How many are ready to have the kind of gathering that one day you'll have four generations worshiping Jesus together? I'd is there anybody here in Sacramento that actually believes God's about to show off and the glory of God is about to be poured out in such a way that generations are coming together and we will not permit the devil to hold hostage, not even one generation. All the generations will be saved. If you got this, raise your hands. All right, here, so here it is. I'm going to pivot here real quick here. limited time, next week we continue. It's a two-part series. So this is what happened. Watch this. Let me show you. The Philistines. So if we capture the box, if we capture the glory, we win. All we got to do is capture the glory. If we capture the glory, the Israelites can't win. We win, the Philistines. We got this. So they captured the glory, and they took it to a temple. That The Philistines worshipped a god called Dagon. So, matter of fact, I'm gonna have Jay's Come on, give it up for Dagon. You're Dagon today. Come on. You're Dagon right here. You're Dagon. Dagon. Dagon wears tight shirts. Okay, Dagon. Real quick here. No, no. Just, just it, it is what it is. It's a, it's a Dagon. No, no. You're Dagon. You're, I don't know. It's just. It's no, no. That's not glory. That's a tight shirt. That's not. You, you could say it's a glorious tight shirt. Sure. And, 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 and just to compare here, by the way, that's not right. You laughed. You're not supposed to laugh. This is what I call, this is works, and this is grace. I'm just saying. And you're saved by grace, not by works. Okay, real quick, real quick. Real quick, real quick. All right, so this is, this is, so I, I, I was thinking about to demonstrate the glory Can I get a volunteer in the audience? And so then I came to this crazy conclusion that I should be the glory. It's With great humility. If you say with great humility, it always redeems everything, right? So, all right, I'm going to need the citizens of Ashdod to carry me in. Like it happened in the Old Testament. So you two gentlemen, you're going to carry the glory. So I'm the glory. Don't drop the glory, baby. (laughs) You guys ready? You seriously? Don't drop the glory. Um, Here we go. Oh, great. Ready? Here we go. Let's do it again. do it again I like it I like it let's do it again let's do it again let's do it again I'm not saying I'm not going to judge anyone here but one of your arms are shaking it's i it was shaking I'm just saying I'm not I'm, I'm believing you guys good because you can't drop the glory one two three Guys. Oh, we we're a prophetic church. Let let's do it again. Let's start with the parking lot. <laughs> Too much? Too much? Okay. So this re- I'm not this is this really happened. I'm not making it up. They actually brought the Ark of the Covenant and they placed it right next to the statue of Dagon. In the temple of Dagon. They actually did this. Watch. So visualize this. I'm the Ark of the Covenant, the treasure chest. So they placed him right next to Dagon. So uh, they carried the Ark of the God into the temple of Dagon and placed it beside an idol of Dagon. Verse 2, they carried the Ark of God. They ca- what they carry the ark of god hebrew exegetical extrapolation of the passage do your biblical due diligence make sure it's correct they carry the ark of god they ca- stop they they did what they i can't hear you they did what they did they drag it no. did they push it on the floor no. stop for a moment these are the enemies the enemies why were they so careful You missed it. This is the enemy of the Israelites, and yet the enemy knew. Oh, I'll even break it down for you. If you want to do away with the secret sauce, if you're the Philistines, why don't you just open up the box? You missed it. Why carry it? Why not open up the box and say, there's a rod there? Break the rod. Ten Commandments, do away with the law, break it, take the manna, chuck it. No, they didn't even dare touch it. You're going to get this in a second. Why didn't the enemies destroy the Ark of the Covenant? Because if, because they couldn't. The, The Philistines already knew. They already heard from the moment There was a testimony that the Israelites left behind from the moment the walls of Jericho came down. There was a testimony that anybody, anyone who would open up that box would want. I'm here to tell you, I don't care what the devil does. There are things in your life he will never be able to touch. Lift up your hands. I'm here to tell you there are things in your life the devil will never have access to. Oh, you missed it. I'm preaching now. There are things in your life. I sense the Lord. There are things in your life the enemy will never have access to. When in John 10:10 Jesus said, the enemy came to rob, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you life and life abundantly. Do you know what he's saying? Before you meet me, the devil has the power to rob, to kill, and to destroy. But after you receive me, somebody should be getting this. After you receive me, the enemy will not be able to rob, kill, Or destroy what is sacred in your... Somebody shout like you know it. Lift up your hands. Somebody say respect the glory. Don't say it like you mean it. Respect the glory. The Philistines didn't open up the box. The Philistines didn't take away the rod. The Philistines didn't even drag it. They carried it with great respect. Because even the devil knows that you're anointed. Hell knows that you are blessed. Stand with, you are standing. Stand with me if you're not standing. I don't want Christians, I don't want you ever out of your mouth to say, the devil is robbing my peace. That's theologically incoherent. Which is a fancy term from a pastoral perspective to tell you you made that up. He can't. Pastor Sam, why did I lose my peace? Because you permitted your peace to be lost. Pastor Sam, that's crude. No, that's Bible. That's Bible. You're telling me the devil can't can't rob what's inside the box, baby. And I'm not talking about the Old Testament box. Everything Jesus did for you, Colossians 2.15. Colossians 2.15 doesn't say one day Jesus will defeat the devil. It doesn't say one day he'll overcome every principality and power of darkness. It says on the cross, he publicly defeated every principality and power of darkness. And he made a spectacle out of them. Luke ten nineteen says, I have given you power over all the powers of the enemy. And nothing will harm you. 1 John five eighteen says that God's children do not make it a habit of sinning. If you are born again... God protects you, and the enemy will never be able to touch you. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3. God protects you. He is firm. He is your guard. And the enemy will never be able to touch you. Why do we act like the devil can take away things that God has already secured in our lives? The Philistines never, ever dragged the glory box. They respected, they actually, just like that. They carried it nicely. And they they're not open it because they had Israel had a testimony. Your testimony tells the devil. We know you're a liar and you're gonna try to deceive because it's who you are. But don't you dare. Don't you dare. Don't you even there ever, 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 ever even get close. Respect the glory. Can I tell you one more thing? Not only did the Philistines respect the glory, not only are there things in your life the devil will never be able to touch, your salvation cannot be touched, your eternal life cannot be touched. Your abundant life cannot be touched. Your new life cannot be touched. The Holy Spirit inside of you cannot be touched. The anointing in your life cannot be touched. The purpose for your life cannot be touched. Your calling cannot be touched. The gifts of God in your life cannot be touched. Are you with me right now? The promises of God for you and your children and your children's children and your children's 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 children, they are sacred trust, they cannot be touched. If you really believe what the Bible says about you not being able to be touched, I dare you to shout, respect the glory. Shout it like you believe and Say, respect the glory. I'm done. As you stand with me, I want to ask you one little thing. If the if the enemy knows there are things that, that he has to respect, things he has to touch. If the Philistines know it, why do you permit people in your life that don't respect the glory? I would submit to you for your prayerful consideration the following. There are people in your life that are no longer around your life that are still living on this planet. And the reason they're no longer in your life is because they did not respect the glory of God upon your life. No, you miss it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, when God removes somebody from your life, don't text them. Don't DM them. Don't go after them. If God says they're no longer part of your, then say praise be the Lord. Why? If you don't respect the glory of God in my life, then surround yourself with people that respect the glory of God in you. The glory of God with you and the glory of God through you. And you yourself, you need to have self-respect for the glory you carry. You'll never receive external respect if you don't respect yourself. Stop asking people to respect you if you don't respect yourself. I'm going to say that one more time. Stop demanding something you're not giving yourself. (laughs) Respect yourself. Respect yourself. With your actions, with your thoughts, with what you do, with what you say. Respect yourself privately. And God will facilitate respect for you publicly. If you've got this word, raise your hand. Right here. This is, I love this. Because they did it. They carried it. They didn't open it up. Mm. Okay. We are done. Put your hand out for a second. Next Sunday, I'm going to show you what happens next. Which is, this is just a preliminary. It's like act one next Sunday, is, it's the thing. It's wild, the revelation behind it. I want you to hear me. Where, where did they place the ark and, and where was it? I'm sorry? So it wasn't a warehouse. It wasn't a department store. It wasn't Starbucks. What was it? So they placed the glory box next to Dagon In where? the temple guess what this is 1 Corinthians three sixteen says that you and I are temple of the Holy Spirit so before you come to the inevitable conclusion that all the dagons are out there what if I tell you that there is something in here that has to come down in your life In order for you to see the fullness of God's glory made manifest through you, be here next Sunday because I'm prophesying now, not out of hype, out of emotionalism, driven by. I just drafted this in the past couple days. This new version, Holy Spirit gave me this. I promise you, before this thing is over in the next seven, eight days, I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen. Everything occupying, every every day gone here, every day gone here, every day gone here in your family and in your life. Is coming down. And not only is it coming down, next week we're going to even take screenshots of the clock when it comes down. The, the exact moment it comes down. Not only is it coming down, it will never rise up again. Can anybody praise and put an investment on what God is doing and what God's about to do next? Can somebody give God the kind of praise that says, Dagon is coming down. Somebody worship like you know Dagon is co- Can anybody here shout unto God with the voice of triumph like you know that Dagon is coming down? So you want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. Respect the glory. Somebody say respect the glory. Tell your neighbor, respect the glory. Respect the glory.